We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors and today we will be talking about the new 007 film Spectre, Inside Out DVD release, Experimenter, The Peanuts Movie, The 33, and Suffragette. But right now we're going to be talking to Miles about the new 007 film Spectre. So Miles, how are you doing? Fine, thanks for asking. So can you tell us about the new installation in the legendary James Bond series? It was definitely exciting and was definitely action-packed as all of the James Bond movies. But what was interesting about this one is lots of the fight scenes did not discriminate against genders. That Lots of fight scenes actually had women in them. I've read a lot of reviews kind of saying this film was all over the place and that it was trying to concentrate on one thing than another. Do you agree with that or do you think it was very focused? It was definitely a lot of different things because it was taking things from past James Bond movies. It was taking things from everywhere. And do you think that's good or bad? I think it's good. I think that they could have done a little less because it got very confusing at one point. So way over the top you think. But not way over. Also, can you tell us the story about this film? The main plot was about 007, James Bond, trying to figure out about the secret organization who had plans to do something. Sounds very mysterious and exciting. Did it keep you on the edge of your seat the whole time? Yes, but at the same time, kind of curled back because it was definitely PG-13. Why is that? What, was there, like, adult content? Was there adult, like, language? Or was it just overall a little bit too intense for kids? I think it was just all of the fighting was way too intense for kids. There was basically no language at all, and none that I noticed anyway. And how is the action scenes? Because not only is Double Seven legendary for action scenes, but based off the trailers and the film, there are so many intense action scenes. I mean, just in the trailer, there's a helicopter doing a roll in the sky and a whole bunch of other things. So can you tell us about the action scenes in the film? Yeah, the action scene that is in the trailer, which is the helicopter, I think they obviously should have put it in because it's the best fight scene. Although I had a problem with all the fight scenes because almost everything was at the exact same time. They took way too many quick cuts. I couldn't follow up with any of the action. Everything was like a white blur. You think it was way too fast and they should have slowed it down a little bit? Yes, or taken less cuts. This is over the 25th installment in the James Bond series. Do you think the idea of James James Bond, this legendary spy, is getting old? No, I don't think it is at all. I just think that it definitely showed lots of potential of coming to a close end. And if they did make another film, would you agree with that, or do you think that it's done? I do agree that they could make one to two more movies, but I don't think that after two more movies it could get much more interesting. So, is there any comedy in the film at all? Yes, there's definitely a lot of comedy. I mean, every James Bond has some, but at the very beginning there's this really funny part that happened. And do you think that's your favorite scene? I think it's my favorite scene. It's one of the things that happened so many times in other James Bond movies and boom, it happens at the very beginning. It's so funny. There is a pretty good cast. Uh, of course, there's Daniel Craig, who's playing James Bond. We have Christopher Waltz, who's playing Albert Husser. We have Ralph Fiennes, who's playing M. So how's the cast in the film? How's the actor? Well, the cast is really good. They introduced this new character, who I thought did a really good job. And not only him, but he had some really good makeup artists. Why is that? Can you describe it a little bit, please? Well, at one point, he got hurt in the eye, and they made a really good thing for for the eye like they made it white they made the cross really well and how are the special effects because not all action scenes are done like real life i'm sure they didn't flip around a helicopter yes the special effects were really good the helicopter part i think was really good but you could see at one point there was a huge explosion that I thought personally screamed $3 million. One of the main parts of creating a good movie is directing. So how's the directing this film? The directing was pretty good. I do have to say there were lots of parts that I think could have been better because I think they might have done it on purpose, but I don't think that the lighting in this one scene was very good. By the way, the director is Sam Mendez. What do you think of the producing? Because that is also an important role. At the very end... 
it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's really good. I, I would watch it again, you know, when I'm 15. So do you think it's really intense? Like, what do you think is your final age rating, 13 and up? Yeah. I think that when they said PG-13, they really meant it. Do you have a favorite action scene or any scene in general? Well, yes, actually, I do. My favorite scene is right when James Bond acquires something. Sounds very suspicious and ominous. Yes, I can't tell away too much. Well, if you'd like to see that and the rest of the film, it is now in theaters so definitely check out. My next question for you is, what is your favorite character? Mine is definitely going to be have to be James Bond because he's James Bond. What's not to love about him? Yes, I do definitely agree. James Bond is really good in this movie. Daniel Craig did an amazing job acting him. At one point, he did a really good job faking some uh, pain. Were you ever bored at times or were you at the edge of your seat the whole time? I was either at the edge of my seat or really scared. I mean, there was no part where I really got bored. Well, that's good because after so many installments, I was going to get worried that it would get a little bit boring, but it's good that they still have all these intense scenes that they're making it fun and entertaining and just such a good film. Now, how many stars do you give it? Because you did say there are a few things not so good about it. I would give it three and a half out of five stars, mainly because how scary it was. I mean, it was just way scary. And is there a moral message or is it just kind of punch, 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 cool action scene? There is a main thing, which is don't overshoot anything. And how does the film show that? Well, it shows it many different ways. Because, I mean, although I do have to say there is another thing, which is everything that you've ever seen is just part of something bigger. Thank you so much for talking to me about the new 007 film, Spectre. This was the second most expensive movie ever made, dialing up after Pirates of the Caribbean. $300 million was spent to make this movie. Very interesting fact. And do you think, I know that we have to wrap, but do you think that was worth it? I think that it was worth it, yes. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. If you'd like to see the film, like I said, it's in theaters now, so definitely check out the legendary James Bond in theaters again. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Now we're going to talk to Lainey about the 33. So can you tell us your opinion about the 33? I loved the 33. I thought it was really well done, and it was super suspenseful, and that's what made it so scary was because it was based off of a true story, so it was really suspenseful. Speaking of the story, can you tell us what the story is, please? This is about 33 miners who travel to San Jose, and they were ready to go work and mine when the core of the mountain broke down, and they have to survive on 14 cans of tuna for 17 days, and then eventually they have to get saved out of the mine. And people remember that it's 14 cans of tuna, it's almost two and a half weeks, and there's 33 of them. So they did a pretty amazing job kind of rationing in, and it's a truly amazing survival story. So were you inspired by this film? Because it sounds like a very inspirational piece. Yes, I was definitely inspired by this film because they all worked together as a team and they couldn't have survived without each other. And how is the acting in this? Because it's a pretty good cast. You have Nomai Scott, you have Cote de Pablo, sorry if I mispronounce any of your names, Antonio Bandreas. Rodrigo Santoro. Uh, how's the acting? I thought that the acting was super strong, like Antonia Banderas, because, well, he played the part Mario, and he really stepped out of his normal, typical roles, and he really transformed into a Chilean minor. So they all played the roles perfectly, because it's a very dramatic and hard role to play. I mean, imagine being stuck underground, knowing if you're going to survive or not. So what do you think is your favorite scene in the film? My favorite scene would definitely be when the miners are, well, when they get their last meal of the 14 cans and they're all just, they're imagining that they're eating like their favorite food, like the feast with their loved ones. And it's really, well, I know it's not like funny, but it is kind of funny in a way. And And it's kind of like that sad, dramatic funny because it's just kind of interesting how they probably still have a lot of days left before they're going to even have a chance of getting rescued. And they're eating the very last of their food. And they don't have any food. They have no way of surviving. They're underground. It's amazing they even have oxygen. It's still a miracle. So what do you think of the directing? The director, by the way, is Patricia Riggin. I thought that the directing was so well done. This movie was so inspirational. And I just thought that they did a beautiful job. And do you have a favorite character? Yes. My favorite character 
was, again, Antonio Banderas because he was such a standout actor. And without him, the miners all would have died because it was his idea to split the cans of tuna. And later on, they only got like a tablespoon of tuna and water for like two days. Yeah, it's very intense. It's very hard to survive off just a few cans of tuna for so long. So it's very amazing. It's truly a miracle. And how many stars do you give this film? I give this film a five out of five stars because it was super educational and it made me feel like I was there with the miners every step of the way. And who do you think you would recommend this to? Like what age range? I would recommend this movie for ages 10 to 18 because it wasn't gory or violent, but it was pretty suspenseful. And also, I think it's good for kids to watch this movie because it makes you learn what the lifestyle of a minor in Chile would be like. It's definitely very dramatic. It's very hard. It's very intense. You know, people just think, oh, yay, we get to go in the mine. We have a chance of finding some gold and it's going to be fantastic. But no, it's a very hard work and they show that's very dangerous. You'd never know if you're going to come back out to the light once you go into the caves. So I definitely agree with you that it's good to show a miner's kind of perspective. And this is based off a true story, like you said, Lainey. So do you think that this is a little bit too dramatic for younger kids? I don't. Well, I think it is pretty dramatic, but I'd say that if you're, you know, like eight or something, it might not be great because it is pretty suspenseful. Thank you so much for talking to me about the 33. If you'd like to find it in theaters, it comes out November 13th. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Miles about Spectre. Next, we will discuss Inside Out DVD release, Experimenter, The Peanuts Movie, The 33, Suffragette, and Journey to Space. We have a packed show. So right now, we are speaking with 13-year-old Jerry from California, and it's really nice to have you as my wonderful host. 
So, Jerry, Inside Out, the DVD release, can you tell me what you thought about the movie? No, I was actually pretty surprised by Inside Out. I expected it to be another Disney animated film, which is not bad. They're very good. They're fun. They have a very sweet story, and there's usually a very important meaning behind them. But for Inside Out, I was very surprised. It actually kind of made me emotional which completely shocked me because I thought that it was just going to be a fun animated film. But it was very emotional. It was very hard-touching for a lot of people, and a lot of people can relate to it, and I did not expect it because, you know, the idea that there's these voices inside your head and it's actually these creatures that control your emotions. There's happiness, sadness, disgust, and it's very interesting how that makes you emotional for some reason because you... Know now that when you feel disgust, oh, it's because of that. Or when you feel sadness, it's because of that. And it's very interesting how they did it. And I think they did a really nice job. And this is probably one of the best animated films I've ever seen. Yeah, at the beginning, you said that you really thought or speculated that Disney was like, okay, I know what Disney is. I totally have the same feeling, had the same feeling. Because I was like, okay, I get it. You know, it's going to be another one of those films. But I was totally blown away. So I definitely understand where you're coming from with this. And I think it's a very original idea. It's very original. And I liked how they brought about this original idea and they kind of let it grow like a flower. So can you tell us what this story is about? Yeah, of course. So like I said, it's pretty much looking at those little voices inside your head because it's pretty much showing that there's a voice for happiness inside your head. There's a voice for disgust. There's a voice for anger, sadness, fear. And they kind of live in this hub in your head and they control your memories. They control how you feel. And it's about this main girl and she is kind of just moved to San Francisco. She has never moved before. She's an 11-year-old girl. She's very young. Her name is Riley. She's played by Kathleen Diaz. And she's very emotional because she had to leave all her friends and now inside her head, joy and sadness, of course, her main emotions get stuck outside the hub where like they control the emotions and all of that. So now they need to rush back to get there so uh, something really bad doesn't happen to Riley because she doesn't have happiness or sadness, one of the main controlling emotions of somebody. And that aspect of not having happiness or sadness, it really, for me, brought to the forefront of my mind that, oh my gosh, if we didn't have happiness or sadness, our lives would be completely insane because it's like you don't have any emotion that can really staple you and and make your life smoother and more diverse and more complicated with other people and their emotions. So I, I think it's very interesting. And speaking about emotions and little people inside your head, if you had to add an emotion to these five little people which emotion would you add Ooh, that's a tricky one you know i would probably add one of the very small emotions that nobody really uses like i'm trying to think of an emotion that nobody really thinks about anymore <laughs> well <laughs> it's okay <laughs> see and and that it was kind of a trick question because it's like since they have these staple emotions there's really, I mean, everything else kind of branches off of these emotions. So it's good that, you know, there's not another emotion that they totally missed and it's completely out there. So that was a great answer. <laughs> Did you, you said that this film was really emotional and it brought you to somewhat of a little tear. What did you get out of this film that kind of made you a little bit emotional. I don't know what it was. It was just kind of sad in a way because it, Riley, she was to the brink when she was devastated. Uh, never before has she realized this. I mean, her father was getting more and more connected to her work. That's the whole reason they moved to San Francisco. Her mother was still trying to be there for her. And then she tries out for this hockey team because she loves hockey. And then she doesn't get in. So her hockey world is completely destroyed. I mean, literally, like, there's inside her head, like, mm -hmm. hockey island like a part of her personality is just gone so like literally it's destroyed for her entire life and it's just so sad to see her kind of fall apart and if you want to find out what happens by the way if she gets back together with happiness and sadness you gotta watch the film but i think one of the main things is that she's trying to stay happy in the emotions joy is trying to stay joyful and happy but then sadness comes in and you kind of have to see that sadness is working more and more and Joy is trying to stop sadness and that's kind of what's causing all this drama. And Joy, by the way, is played by Amy Poehler. Sadness is played by Phyllis Smith. It's really a great cast. Um, all of them did fantastic, but it's just so heartwarming and I can't really determine why that is. I think it's just that because it's emotional seeing something that's so true that 
almost everybody experienced one way or another. Yeah, this this movie, from what you have shared with me and what I have ex- personally experienced when I watch this movie, it is phenomenal. It is very emotional, very, for me, life-changing, the way I look at myself and the way I look at other people. So you guys should definitely check it out. Thank you, Jerry, for telling us all about Inside Out, which is on DVD now, guys. So you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we are talking about The Experimenter, The Peanuts Movie, The 33, Suffragette, and Journey to Space. So right now, let's continue speaking with the wonderful Jerry and we are switching gears, and we are going to talk about the film Experimenter. So, Jerry, can you please tell us your thoughts and feelings about this film? You know, at first, after seeing this film, I didn't think too kindly of it, to be honest, because it was very extended and a little bit stretched out. There was a lot of scenes that weren't necessary in it. It was just a little bit boring at times, to be honest. And there are a lot of things that they're pretty lazy about on set, like, for example, when there's a car driving, usually you put a green screen or s- some sort of screen behind the car. Car shakes a little bit. They did a pretty lazy job with that, so I didn't think too happily. After seeing it, though, I mean, after thinking about it a little bit, I do think a little bit more fondly of it, like kind of looking at its importance and all of that. And I just think that it's an important film to watch, and I think that it really shows a great message. And even though it wasn't the best film in terms of production and directing, I think that its whole purpose was pretty important. And speaking about its whole purpose, can you please enlighten us on what that is? Yeah, of course. I probably sound completely confused and misunderstanding (laughs) right now. Just a little bit. Pretty much the experimenter is about this man who does a very questionable experiment. He pretty much almost makes people think that they're torturing somebody with electric shocks. And they're, of course, really not. I mean, that would just be terrible. But what is really happening is that somebody's behind and they are just making sound effects. But they think it is, and then they listen to this authority who is just a scientist in the room who is telling them to keep shocking them. And then they do shocks to a point where the person dies. It's because of the kind of lead of the experiment's parents kind of were tortured and stuff during World War II in Jewish camps. So he kind of wanted to do an experiment showing society why people are helping with these genocides because they're listening to authority even if they don't want to. Mm -hmm. And this film sounds, I mean, after I read the synopsis and after hearing, you know, a little bit more from you, it sounds a little bit complicated. You know, did you get that feeling of complication or was it straightforward or how was your feeling on that? It was very complicated. There was a lot of times that I was like, what is going on? I mean, the whole thing of the experiment, how they did it, was very complicated. But after like 10, 20 minutes of the film, they pretty got they got really focused. I have to give them kudos for that. It's a very complex and very interesting story. But they kind of narrowed it down so it makes sense. Again, I do think there were so many scenes, like half the film maybe was a little bit unnecessary. I think it's almost two hours long, and it probably could have been easily an hour and a half, maybe even an hour long, because it's just a little bit stretched out. I think it's an important film, but it's just a little bit boring. I I definitely understand that. Sometimes I've seen films where it's like they add extra scenes, and you're completely confused, and you're like, I'm trying to follow a complicated story to begin with, and then it's... So I I definitely understand. This film happens to be in the 1960s. How do you think this film displayed that time period? They did a pretty good job. I mean, they didn't like show anybody on an iPhone, which is good, of course. (laughs) Something that I found very interesting is that when uh, they want to put a background, instead of doing it in color so it looks like it fits with the people, they did it with black and white, like a black and white picture of an old house. For example, if they're sitting in an older house, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if this was the best idea. I kind of get their purpose to try and make it look like an older house. Um, If you had footage of a house from 1960s, it wouldn't probably be new. It would probably be pretty old. But I don't think it was the best idea. I think that it kind of made it look a lot, a little fake, very cartoony. Really not the best idea for it. Mm-hmm. And really quick, how many stars do you give out of this film? I'd probably give it four out of five stars. I would give it lower if it wasn't a really important message. Directing, producing, camera shots could have been better. But I think the whole purpose of the story was very good. And they were very 
brave and noble to do this because still a lot of people think these experiments were wrong and terrible. Okay, well, I I really wanted to ask you that last question, how many stars, because it seems like it was going one way or another. So thank you for saying that, you know, the message and the, I guess the the feeling and the base of this film was really good, even though the technicalities weren't always there. Um, Thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about The Experimenter. Thank you so much for letting me talk about these fantastic films. (laughs) The Experimenter is in theaters now, guys, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orse, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about so many great films. We've been talking about the new 007 movie, Spectre, Inside Out DVD release, Experimenter. We've been talking about – we're going to talk about the Peanuts movie. We are going to also talk about the 33 and Suffragette. Right now, we're going to talk to Cameron and Brandon about the new film, the Peanuts movie. So, Cameron, what did you think of the film? I think it was good. It's a lot more better. It actually got into what the features of all the characters were. And it also got a little story of Snoopy. And Brendan, what do you think of the film? I thought it was cute. Um, me personally, I read uh, the Peanuts comics. Uh, they have them in the, in the newspaper comics and stuff. So I like to read them here and there. So it was cool to see it in a movie. And uh, like uh, like Cameron said, you know, just some cute little stories here and there were cool. And everyone had their own bits uh, between the uh, psychiatrist stop and then between all of Charlie Brown's lines, Snoopy and Woodstock's gimmick. So everything had their little cute little lines here and there. So that was cool. And Cameron, this is one of the most anticipated films on the year of the year with Avengers and Star Wars and a whole bunch of others. So do you think, were you pleased with this film? I was really pleased with this film because I like Charlie Brown a lot. And I like Snoopy. I think they would add like a little more new characters, but I like that they add 
a new character to it. And Brendan, how did you like the 3D animation? Because this is the first time that peanuts are in this new fancy CGI animation. Wow, that's that's right. You just wow, I just I never realized that. Yeah, because with the it's a it's a pumpkin Charlie Brown with all the other TV specials. Yeah, so this was yeah the first 3D one. Yeah, I I noticed the visuals off the bat. The hair was the other thing that I noticed, and the clothing detail. So yeah, the 3D modeling was superb. The the hair was uh, was crisp with detail. The everything was perfect as far as detail and scale. It was right on the money with all that stuff. No, I have to agree. I remember I was talking to the director of the film. And by the way, what do you think of the director of Cameron? The director he did really good to direct the scenes, like the dancing and all the scenes and special and special effects. And by the way, the director the Stephen. Sorry, what were you saying? And all the special effects when it comes to Snoopy stories. And the director is Steve Martino, and he said that he wanted to make it. Not too realistic because, uh, of course, peanuts aren't realistic. I mean, they have giant's head, giant heads, and he really is right. So, Brendan, what do you think of the cast? It was a pretty good cast. I mean, there was hundreds of kids in it. Not hundreds, but a whole bunch of kids. Uh, Noah Johnson play, played Shooter. We have Rebecca Bloom playing Marcy and a whole bunch of other kids. Yeah, you know, like you said, they're, they're all kids, uh, so there aren't big stars, but... They all fit the role. I guess. I, I guess that's why I want to say. Like between watching the specials and then watching the movie, it's pretty good as far as getting the sound of each character correct. They they got that on the money. So I was surprised for that. And the acting too. They got all the lines. There may have been maybe one or two hiccups with the voice, but other than that. Some great voice acting, I gotta say. I have to agree with that. And I especially thought Francesca Capaldi did a fantastic job because this is the first time the little red-haired girl ever spoke. And she had a pretty important role in the film. So kudos to her for making a very new personality and voice for the little red-haired girl. Yeah, definitely. So Cameron, do you have a favorite Peanuts character? I actually do. It's Peppermint Patty because she likes hockey. She would be really athletic. She cares a lot a lot about being enthusiastic. She's always excited, especially in winter because she's always able to play hockey every single day. And Brandon, do you have a favorite scene? Ooh, a favorite scene. I guess the the skate scene, that kind of whole little funny gag kind of thing with uh, Charlie Brown running around with the kite and then finally getting nailed, uh, not nailed, but him get running into the um, the kiting tree. I had to look that up. That's like one of those Easter eggs that they had in the film. Uh, like the little red-haired girl, like the kiting tree, they had those little one-off kind of things that they weren't really um, main components to the comics. So that was cool. Yeah, definitely the skating part, I guess that's one of my favorites. And then either, and then any of the other scenes where they had to throw in a, like a line or two, like between Lucy saying, you blockhead, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. I definitely have to agree with you because it kind of gives you that feel of nostalgia from either you're watching the TV shorts when we, during the holidays, I mean, Charlie Brown's the big pumpkin one just happened because of Halloween and the comics that were been that are still going out in newspapers that were released throughout the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s were still big, and it's just kind of see, nice to see the lines again in a new film. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice of American Kids Network, and today we're talking about 33 and Suffragette and also Journey to Space, but right now we're going to talk to Mia about the Penis movie. So Mia, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And Mia, can you tell us your opinion on the film? I really like this film. I agree it was way better than the other movies that I watched of Charlie Brown. And it was way, the animation was way more colorful and detailed. And can you tell us the story a little bit, please? So for me, the story is about Charlie Brown trying to break his losing streak so the little red-headed girl would view him differently than his friends. And also the story of Snoopy defeating the Red Baron to win his love for Fifi. So it's kind of like a two-part story in one story. Like, first you have Snoopy and his kind of imaginative adventure with uh, Fifi and the Red Baron and flying his doghouse across the clouds. Then you have Charlie Brown trying to kind of get over his fear with the love of the little red-haired girl and trying to break his losing streak. Yeah. Do you think that this film is meant for everybody or just kids, like little kids? 
Well, I think it's meant for kids, but also meant for people who have loved the Peanuts comics or movies in the past. And why is that? Well, because it's kind of like, well, it's younger, like cartoon, plotty, other than more like super action-y. But also it still relates back to the other Charlie Brown movies that maybe some of the other fans would enjoy. And how's the soundtrack? Because there are a lot of fantastic songs, including including one written by the legendary Megan Trainer. Yeah, they got the audience dancing, and it was so great to hear some Megan Trainer in it with her voice. That was really cool. And also, it helped like build emotion and the mood for like scenes of action and stuff. And do you think this is a comedy, just kind of fun, or do you think there's a pretty heartwarming story? Well, it's heartwarming because Charlie Brown like learns he's not just obviously like what Lucy says, a blockhead and people do appreciate him, but it's also comedy and a little bit of cartoony action. And now let's concentrate concentrate on the comedy a little bit. Do you think that it was a little bit forced, a little bit rushed, or do you think it's perfect classic Peanuts comedy? I think it's more like a classic Peanut comedy because it wasn't like comedy in every scene. It was more like the blockhead from Lucy and the funny lines from Sally. And there was there anything in the film that wasn't in there that you want to see? Like something I really want to see, but I kind of know why they didn't include it, was when Lucy takes the football from under Charlie Brown when, right when he was about to kick it. I really want to see that in 3D animation. That's just me, but how about you? Actually, they did put that in, I think. Did they? Yeah. During... Like, around the credit area, I think. Oh, well, I have to go back when it comes out on the DVD to definitely check that out. Thank you for letting me know on that. Yeah, you're welcome. So how many stars do you give this film? Five out of five stars because, again, it was more vibrant colors, detailed, and it was like the Peanuts and never. I love the Peanuts, so... And you would say you're satisfied by this film, definitely? Yeah. And what do you think is the main message of the film, or is it just kind of more fun, more of just try and bring back the peanuts. Well, I think one of the messages is that, like, he sees himself as a loser, but when he sees himself as a winner, it doesn't actually turn out so bad. So, like, if you see yourself as a loser or winner in life, there's a chance that that might happen or, like, you might act like that and it might not turn out great or may turn out great for you. And what age range do you give this film? I give it, like, 3 to 12 or any people, again, who enjoy the Peanuts movies. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about the Peanuts movies, and also thank you, Cameron and Brandon, again, for talking to me about the Peanuts movie. Definitely check it out for the first time in almost a decade, I think. The Peanuts movies are back with a new adventure, and it's in theaters now, so definitely check that out. I'm definitely going to get when it comes out on DVD because I absolutely loved it. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions. And this show is sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs in general. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. 
Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about so many great films and we're now going to talk about a whole bunch of other cool films. We're going to be talking about Suffragette and also Journey to Space. But right now, we're going to talk to Lainey about Suffragette. So, Lainey, what did you think about Suffragette? I thought that this movie was super inspirational because it shows how women can really make a difference in the world and how they they really cared about like their rights and stuff, and they really stood up for what they believe in. And can you tell us the plot of the film? It is about a feminist movement for the women to get the rights to vote. And this movie is based off of actual events. It shows how like determined and hardworking the women are to have gender equality. In London, 1912, Carrie Mulgan, who played Maud Watts, is on edge of becoming a suffragette. But she later has to sacrifice everything, including her job house, husband, young son, and fight for women's rights. You know, it's a very dramatic and intense film, a very inspirational too, similar to the last film I talked to you about, The 33. Were you inspired by this film? I was definitely inspired by this film, and it showed me how powerful women are and that we should all try to stand up for what we believe in, just like Maud demonstrated. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that everybody should get a piece of equality, and I think that what they did was a very important thing to get everybody equal. And this took place like early 1900s in London, right? Mm-hmm. It happened in 1912. Oh, I see. And it's definitely a very important movement that they did. So what do you think of the acting overall? A few other roles. We have Anne-Mary Duff playing Violet, Grace Daughter playing Maggie. So what do you think of the casting in general? I thought that the casting was really well put together. There's a lot of really strong actors, but the two that stood out to me were def- was definitely Maud Watts, who played Carrie Mulligan, who's played by Harry Mulligan, because she's such a powerful woman and she can and she shows that women can do anything. And she's so determined to get women's rights. And also Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, she she's a super standout because she was the head of the suffragette. And she was like creating a speech about how important it was for women to vote. Yeah, I thought I saw Meryl Streep a few times in the trailer. I was like, wait, is Meryl Streep in this film? And she's a very strong actress, and I think that was a good idea to bring her in. And I'm sure she's a very inspirational speaker. Do you have a favorite scene? Yes. My favorite scene is when the women are fighting for their rights, and they get arrested. But then after that, they get awarded medals and flowers. So it's kind of like a celebration that they went to jail. And it's kind of showing that they're willing to do whatever to stand up for what they believe in. And even though it's not happy, it's like... They learn from it, and they just it makes them stronger. Uh, for kids at home, if uh, as long as you're not protesting for something very good, it's not a very good idea to break laws. Let's just get that out there. But if you're protesting something for good, it may be a good idea to follow it. You never know. Anyway, my next question is, do you have a favorite character? I know you talked a lot about Maud. Do you think that's your favorite character? Yes, definitely, because she's so powerful. And how about the directing? How's the directing? The director, by the way, is Sarah Gavron. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name. Uh, I thought the directing was super powerful. It was really great, and I just thought this movie was really well put together. And how many stars do you give this film? I give this film a 5 out of 5 stars because it was so well put together and it really made me feel like it was 
back there because the settings made me feel like it was centuries, like a century ago. And the costumes were really good because they were in period. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this new wonderful film. Definitely check it out. It is now in theaters and I'm definitely going to check this film out. So see you in the theaters. Maybe I'll see you there. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And now I'm going to pass it over to Brianna, who will be hosting the next seven. Here you go, Brianna. Thank you. Um, We will now be speaking conveniently to Jerry about Journey to Space. So, Jerry, can you tell me your initial thoughts on this film and what you felt about it and what you feel in your gut? I felt very good in my gut. I, you know, I love space. It talked a lot about how they're going to uh, send a new type of rocket, a new type of capsule, this very special type of rocket to Mars in 2030s and kind of talked about the shuttle program a little bit. And I am an avid about space. If it wasn't for my motion sickness, I probably would have tried to become an astronaut, to be <laughs> honest. And I always love, I always love seeing Mars and learning about space. So it's one of my favorite subje- subjects, and I was very interested in the film. For people who aren't that crazy about space, it's still a kind of cool film. And I mean, in the California Science Center, the, sc- Science Center, the screen is huge. It's very interesting to see it on such a huge screen. I don't know if they'll enjoy this movie as much, but it's still very nicely made. I did not know that you really liked space. See, you learn something new every day, guys. And it's good that space advocate and the people who really like space and the people that really want to do that type of thing can enjoy this. And also it's good that, like me, because I like space, but it's not like, oh my gosh, I want to go to Mars. Because, again, motion sickness and being outside the Earth really scares me. (laughs) So I would not be the one to be an astronaut, but I, I really feel like I would enjoy this film. So is there anything that you learned that you didn't know about space and mars and everything outside the earth yeah so i learned that of course like um unlike what they did to uh on like to the moon like with apollo they're actually gonna just launch off in a special capsule called orion but of course they can't just stay in orion for two years i believe because that's how long it takes to go to mars they're actually gonna go and attach to this special type of rocket that is a little bit small at first, but here's the very cool thing about the special rocket. It kind of has an inflating part of it that inflates into this huge thing, kind of almost the size of the main part of the International Space Station, and there's a whole bunch of technology and a whole bunch of cool things that the astronauts can use to kind of work and kind of have a nice living space out of their trip. And then when they land on Mars, it's gonna they're going to live there for two to four years, I think it is. It's a pretty long time. So it's very interesting to see about all of that. And they kind of looked into the training simulator, which looked like something from Back to the Future or the mm-hmm. Star Wars. It looked amazing. And you said before about um, this was, you know, they were aiming at this around two, I mean, 2030, 2033, correct? Yeah, that's when the Martian landings are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And since it's happening, not okay. I would say a little bit in the future, obviously, because we're not we're not in two thousand thirty right now. So, how do you think after that time period and after they achieve this? How do you think our, um, I guess, society and the way we view things and what we learn will change? Well, I think that uh, we already know a lot about Mars. I'm. Of course, a NASA expert would tell you a lot more about how our society would change, but I think that we already know a lot about Mars because of good old curiosity and our satellites around Mars, but we're going to learn so much more because that we're going to have astronauts actually on the planet digging. Now that we know that there's somewhat of a water on Mars, we can see if we can even colonize Mars or like set up cities Mars or do something so we can kind of relieve Earth Earth a little bit because Earth is our home world and it's a little bit tortured by the 7 billion population it has right now. That's very true and very interesting, I must say. And with this accomplishment or future accomplishment, what do you think it will lead us to do, like more in exploration outside of Earth and outside of Mars-wise? Well, this will give NASA a lot of expertise of more deep space travel because this is the longest any human has been in space by far. The longest right now is 14 months. And of course, it's going to be a little bit longer than 14 months. By a little bit, I mean a lot longer. I think the minimum is going to be like four or five years. So it's going to be quite ridiculous how long they're going to be in space. So it's going to give NASA a good idea. So if we wanted to travel 
the stars to see more planets like Earth, which are at the minimum two, three light years away, millions of miles away. We need to know how we can get rockets to go farther and how humans will adapt to space because they don't adapt very good. And they talk about that in the film. They get lightheaded. Uh, part of the release of the Journey Space was an uh, exhib- exhibition in the actual California Science Center. There was one of the simulations they had there was like you walk into like this place that looks like the International, Sh- International Space Station and it orbits around you. And it's so dizziness and that's what they feel in the International Space Station. So it's kind of looking how anti-gravity in space does many bad things to your body. I've always, I've always looked at astronauts and people that spend so much time in space and I have so much respect for them because as you said before space does not do good things to the human body and we're not we're not fit to be out there for like 18,000 years I mean unless the conditions are right and we have some sort of plan for that but as it is right now it does a lot to the human body so I have a lot of respect for the people that train and condition and see how their body reacts to it and do as much as possible to um, kind of explore for the people that are too scared to explore, like me. Um, the people that can't explore, I really have respect for those people that can just have courage and step out of bounds of the earth. So really quick, how many stars do you give this film and why? I definitely give it five out of five stars. Uh, they, made, they, they did just overall a great job. Mark Krenzen, who directed, he did a legendary job putting together the shuttles and Orion and all the new technology they're doing. And it was just an entertaining, very educational film. I'm glad you liked it, Jerry. Thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Journey to Space. Thank you so much for letting me talk about all my NASA knowledge that I love to share. NASA knowledge, Jerry. Um <laughs> This film is in California Science Center, so please check it out. It seems like a really interesting little piece of information. Thanks so much for joining with us today. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog on the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for quality children's media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Doozers from N-Circle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.